0: Turn 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 and welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers and class is back in session here for another guest speaker episode at AOA Studios. If you're an artist, podcaster, or content creator of any kind, make sure you hit us up at aoastudios.org book your session today. And I am joined today by a very special guest. Somebody I've had I wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time. He is an entertainer, he's an artist, a musician, vocalist, rapper, designer, uh, publicist, writer. I mean, the man kind of just does it all I look at and look at the fit the fit's unbelievable I can we my best. can we can we talk about the fit for like a second too <laughs> this is unreal new album beneath my wings out now make sure you stream that on all platforms after the episode of course the link is in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, the one and only Julian Mendoza. What introduction, yo? I think that's my best introduction to date. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but that was like I thought that was pretty good. My goodness! I improv that. The care
1: is very apparent, and (laughs) it is reciprocated. I am so thankful to be here today. Uh, You know, Turntable Teachers does so so much for um, the Massachusetts community, and who knows where it's going to go in the future. And it's just really really nice to be a building block along this journey um so thank you so much for having me mike and it's it's an honor to uh you know receive such kind words this early into the podcast
0: you know <laughs> well it's, it's downhill from here just <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to butter you up real quick All right. so people that don't know um you know julian and i have had a good relationship i'd say over the last year uh when i've gotten to know you a little bit better um specifically more so from masterclass the album that we're working on i feel like i got to know you a little bit more so after that and then um, we've been working together on a multitude of different fronts whether it be you know covering shows or putting on shows together or you doing your album release party here or just working on you know or just not even working on but just showing each other like what we're working on and like getting feedback and you know working a lot with lib big shout out to lib like Just the goat. That's the goat. Shout out, Lib. We love Lib. (laughs) Intent Um, out soon. (laughs) Oh, hopefully actually at this stage when this podcast is out, it might actually already be out. So if that's the case, uh, I think it will be like I'm like 95 percent sure Intent's probably already out by the time that this is out. So you should also uh, watch that. I'll probably link that in the description starring Julian Mendoza. Uh, I I guess he's an actor, too. I forgot to mention that. You heard it here Um, first. But no, it's just been great too to watch you sort of grow over the last year and your journey and us get a lot closer so um, in all seriousness yeah this is a an episode i've been uh looking forward to for for a while and i think it's at a perfect time for you uh just with everything you've got going on and, and this amazing album and that we will get to very shortly um so welcome i'm glad glad to have you um we always start the turntable teachers with the objective which is where we get to know you a little bit and get to know your background so, I do know from your early early years, I'm talking like as a child that you were like a huge Michael Jackson fan to the point where you would impersonate him and you went on like a little tour, so to speak, quote unquote, tour. I'm using that in air quotes. It wasn't really a tour. Uh, but I know that you were like would dress like him, you would imitate him. you you just loved him so much. And I find that so fascinating from somebody that's like in our age bracket. To be so invested in Michael Jackson at the age we are. So, what really like made you want to? Be, I mean, even when I've seen you perform too, like you, I, I can see the resemblance. Like I see like the, the way you <laughs> dance, like phenomenal dancer too. By the way, I forgot to mention that. Um, so, what about Michael Jackson for you was so inspirational as a child, and why do you think? Like, do you consider yourself an older soul? Like almost gravitating towards an artist of you know like somebody that was not growing up or wasn't really like very very popular at the time like while you were growing up. Sure. Um,
1: well, I appreciate um, this callback too because it's it's something that's near and dear to me that I don't talk about a whole whole ton these days. But um, I gotta I gotta trace it back to um, actually his death. Um, he. Died and it was all over the news.
0: I remember it was that. what 2009. Yeah, it was because I. It's funny how like even though he wasn't like uh, somebody that we grew up with, it's so interesting how like sometimes you have these moments that are so pinnacle in the world that you just remember where you were. I
1: remember exactly. I remember where, the weather that I day. Was. I remember the newscast and the the cars on the road that they were showing. I don't remember what they were. Maybe it was like the police rushing to his house yeah. or something like that. But. I saw his name. I knew it was important, but I, I am ashamed
0: to say at, um, let's see, how old was I? I was 10 at the time. Yeah, I was 14. Um, so yeah. I was freshman in high school. I remember that. Or I was going into my sophomore year, I believe, of high school.
1: Right. I literally had no idea who he was. I I assumed it was, he was like a football player or something like that. I don't know why that's the first <laughs> thing that came to mind. But um, my parents, um, you know, my mom especially – certainly i don't know if you can call it an old soul but she listens listens predominantly to music that she listened to when she was a teenager mm-hmm. maybe her early 20s that's what she resonates with um so michael jackson during that time was was huge all over the world she she was never even like a huge fan um of him in particular but obviously he ruled the world particularly at that time sure. so um because of that she put me on to um michael jackson after he died just being like you have to at least know who he is and what he sounds like and what he did and through that she started sort of rediscovering him and digging deeper than she had into him that than she'd ever before even in her younger years and she started building this appreciation so not only was i really liking his music as i heard it more but she started really liking it more than she ever had and that became sort of something that brought us closer together um she and i got really really close we watched this one um michael jackson live in bucharest um video uh of him doing like a whole concert in um for the dangerous tour and that's where i learned all my moves basically (laughs) is every day i'd stand in front of the tv and dance we had a small living room but i made do um and uh yeah, it all came to to a head when um we had to do like a biography project in fifth grade, and um it feels like yesterday fifth grade <laughs> and um i after I gave like this this book report type thing, I was like, "I eh, have a little little extra credit something something and I did a um dance routine to Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson in the middle of the class and my teacher was like,
0: "Oh my god, that was so good!" All of my
1: classmates were like, "Whoa!" <laughs>
0: like
1: I started, like she brought me to like other classes to like do it. And I was like, "I just went on tour!" When I, when <laughs> I uh, uh, talked with my mom, and that sort of like, um, you know, escalated. Long story short, long story long, uh, into, um, you know, me getting opportunities to perform at other public venues and for events people got a kick out of this little kid who you know really got solid at dancing like michael jackson and dressed like him and i had long hair and um you know I, t- I took a lot after him so um i guess to answer the other part of your question too is like there's a large part of me that's an old soul and i have a ton of respect for um those who paved the way for music today mm-hmm. uh, at the same time a lot I, the, I'd say the vast majority of the music I listen to nowadays, um, contrary to what it was like when I was a child, is current music. And that's not to say necessarily mainstream, but um, music with a modern sound that perhaps takes cues from those who came before. Um, so um, that is what I hope comes across in my music. And when I try to pay tribute to Michael Jackson nowadays, which is a, con- a, a conscious decision, um, you know, I have a lot of stuff that's new school or, or I'm going to use the word of my, my, my boy, Nick shout out, Nick V, uh, async collective. Um, Another thing he, we'll definitely talk about. Yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah. He uses the term futurist, um, which I'm not sure if he coined it or if that's just something that he, he goes with, but he uses it on his merch and I've taken that to heart. I'm sort of a futurist but also tap into the other side of that coin with which is nostalgia, a song that we have and um you know, I've thought a lot more about that since making our song is nostalgia and futurism is how um I hold on to that past while making something new in such a way that
0: really resonates with people from from all generations yeah no i love how you're i think that was really well said and and very well explained in terms of like nobody's if anybody listening to this hasn't heard your music like i think that you bring in especially on the new album you bring in a lot of funk and soul influence that you can kind of hear from you know the 70s 80s and 90s but i think that there, like you said there was a modern spin on that in in many ways whether it be from modern hip-hop or even like pop um you know influences. So I, I love the combination of that. I find just that to be uh like you said I think that's great that that's a conscious decision. Um did it crush you when you found out that the his flying uh uh set was was not real? Cuz I, I I have heard I have heard that was like something that really that Damn, really did you hit, hit you know.
1: me in the heart here. You weren't kidding <laughs> when you said this is all downhill from here, man. <laughs> no, it's it's um it did crush me it was it was <laughs> a reality check uh i felt betrayed for a little little bit it was it was a whole thing that i won't get into but um it <laughs> it slowly devolved into the uh the santa conversation oh well hold
0: hold. we might have to <laughs> blank that out yeah you can't can, we'll, the we'll, we'll get there <laughs> soon we'll get there we'll get there i'm gonna change but, subjects before yeah, we get and, too far so yeah. all i gotta say is i just want to probably crush you <laughs> <laughs> yes We'll we'll, we'll yeah yeah we'll get we'll get to the santa thing later too he's already he's spoiling okay. some some topics for later but that's okay it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> i got plenty i got this one's i'm chock full of them today um I want to talk to you about your upbringing too, in terms of like geographically, right? So mm-hmm. you've obviously been living in Massachusetts a majority, if not almost, of your life, and you know you grew up in Gloucester, but now you've lived in Western Mass for a long time. But you work a ton in the Boston area, so I'm very curious, like for you, like I think that's very unique in the sense of how expansive, in terms of like geographically, you've lived in Massachusetts. So what has that been like for you, not only from a, a personal Sort of perspective, but like musically, like how has that helped you uh, as
1: an artist as well? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Gloucester, Massachusetts, um, and lived there for 18 years until I went to college at UMass Amherst. Um, was there for four years. Loved living there. Um, campus was great. Um, then just so happened after that to get a job in greenfield uh Massachusetts which is in the same general vicinity is like twenty minutes north of Amherst out in western mass um and have lived there for um two years split with um i lived in in Brattleboro Vermont right over the border for um nine months or so um so been in that general sort of valley area for uh six seven years now um and uh it's been cool seeing the duality between the two areas of massachusetts you know it's it really is a different world between boston and western mass no matter where you go um which is funny just because geographically massachusetts is so small um but there's been a beauty to that in that um you know growing up in in Gloucester, Mass, just north of Boston. Um, coming back to Boston now, that, now that I do music, has felt like um, a return to my roots in some ways, but also a new sort of discovery in terms of what's been around me my whole life that I'd never tapped into. I've I've met so many, um, ninety percent of of the artists that i i work with and and go see their shows and stuff like that um are in boston i'm a prolific local
0: local music supporter going out to see shows i was going to mention that too just not to cut you off but just i've always appreciated that from you so much is like how much you give people their flowers and how you are not at all um you know shy about be giving support and things like that. Like you. you really, and no, like, I I mean that sincerely because I've not only seen it from, from myself, but you do it for so many other people. And, um, I think that that, you, you don't expect anything in return. And I, I, and I appreciate that from you. So that's all I wanted to just point that out. Yeah.
1: It, it, it's near and dear to me and it brings me joy. It's, it's not only just because I want to show love. It's because I genuinely, it makes me happy. Like these mm-hmm. are the spaces that give me my energy. Um, and I've learned a lot from, um, the people here in, in the Boston area. Um, so now when I'm out in Western Mass, uh, I work as I work as a journalist and newspaper reporter um, out there for the, shout out, Greenfield Recorder. Um, but uh, I feel like an ambassador of sorts for what I've picked up mm-hmm. here in the Boston area. And there's certainly a music scene out there. And there's some great rappers actually from Western Mass, hip hop, exists, um, but obviously it's going to be few and far between for, you know, the people out there and the in the in the scene out there. So when I do my thing, I try to bring something different, but also something that's sort of a gateway into what people aren't used to. Mm. I feel like my stuff isn't going to shock you into something you might not like at first that you really have to get used to. I feel like I have a lot to offer that calls to stuff that people in Western Mass might already listen to, which has folk vibes, and a lot of people, like, rock there. Um, And just, like, singing stuff in general, you know, is way more prominent there, particularly because of the older population. And I've had a lot of, like, you know, middle-aged and up people really like my music, and it's changed a lot of opinions on what hip-hop is capable of. Um, yeah. so I've, I've been really honored to be an ambassador in that sense. And I don't want to, you know, um, uh, discredit or, or downplay how, how deeply rooted in hip hop I am. I'm proud of it. Um, despite, you know, all of the genre crossing I do.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's You bring up a good point too. Like when we were at hope fest a couple of weeks ago, like for your set, there was an older couple next to me. I don't want to say too old, maybe in their fifties or something like that, but they were loving you. You know what I mean? And I thought that that. And it makes it again. It makes sense because I think you, your music is accessible. It is a a nice. If somebody doesn't really listen to hip hop, I think your music is a great way to kind of or a great gateway into that because it has a little bit more of an easier listening. There are some of those like you said, or uh, folk, or what I said earlier with the funk and the soul. Like you kind of are able to blend all that together and, and find a way to make it relatable. And I I've always appreciated that of about your music. Um, in terms of your parents, I want to talk to you about that because, by the way, they're like the nicest people ever. The I just, best. I want to say, like that, you know, <laughs> met them multiple times now, and like, you know, you meet somebody once, and you're like, oh yeah, they're super nice, but then like, you meet them two, three, four times, you're like, okay, these people are unbelievable. But I know that like your mom's a, an artist, right? She paints, is that correct? She paints, yeah, like a, a great painter. Great. And then your dad was uh, a designer, or is a designer, right? Yeah, or, he's he's really the
1: um, what I, I don't like the word accomplished because everybody accomplishes things in their own way. But yeah, he has the most international recognition for what he does as a museum exhibit designer. He's worked on Smithsonian exhibits. Um, you know, he ha- he's, he's just really, really gifted at that sort of exhibit graphic design. Um, he's working on the um, Malcolm X museum right now oh, wow! Uh, in the ballroom where he was killed he's working closely with malcolm x's daughter no way. um so it's been really really cool to learn how far creativity and artistry can
0: get you through him he's a yeah. huge role model to me that's all oh, i can i can tell and you guys have such a nice relationship so I'm, I'm curious with your parents like it was it just natural for you to get into art because of their artistic backgrounds or were the, is it? Was it something where they exposed it to you multiple times or did they just allow you to, like, kind of get into it yourself? Like, I'm kind of curious about their sort of impact on you as well growing up.
1: Sure. Um, well, I guess first and foremost, they really laid the groundwork in that they are the biggest advocates for do what you love, um, you know, social expectations, like, um, should not dictate – what you want to do if you want to find success in your own lane do it just do it do what you love and be happy and i i can only assume that extends from their own artistry and what they've learned Mm -hmm. Um, each of them have had to break away from um you know status quos and the uh like fight those like societal
0: norms yeah so and
1: and the 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 boundaries and chains yeah, set yeah. forth by um uh familial tradition too uh, my my father comes from a rather traditional catholic um filipino family uh, my mother um more secular but still comes from a, a jewish family um that um uh, perhaps not directly linked to to religion in this way but um you know just think back we had so like society was so different even 50 years ago you know my parents are um a few years away from from 60 years old now so just by virtue of growing up at those times and having you know parents who are um my grandmother just passed but she was like 90 and my my, my grandparents are are a rather older generation um because of that there's There's a lot of shifting that has to be done, you know, so I really credit them most of all for their chain breaking and um, their attention to, um, you know, creating a new status quo for the type of people they want to see in the world. So um, aside from just my extended family being very creative as well, um, my uncle is a, a prolific fantastic musician you've another um, uncle that's a writer correct yeah, yeah yeah he writes children's books it's the same one who's actually oh, same a, one oh, uh, a musician oh, okay. he does a little bit of everything oh, yeah my, awesome. my grandfather was a journalist worked for the new york times um and uh my cousins on my dad's side those were both on my mom's side my cousins on my dad's side um you know uh, are band leaders multi-instrumentalists uh producers shout out the later people Um, my, my cousins, Mark and Matthew, they're twins. Uh, they were, you know, invaluable into getting me into music and hip hop in general too. Um, they produced a lot of my music. Um, so shout out to them. I'm, I'm really honored,
0: uh, and grateful to be surrounded by so many of those just in my family tree. That's so cool. No, so, I mean, it sounds like almost just naturally for you that you were just going to get into... Something artistic and music just kind of happened to be that. And even your brother, he's a great photographer, right? Yes. So it's like you got I mean, you are too. Don't get me wrong, but like, it seems like that's like his craft. Like that's something he's focused on in his. He craft, inspires you know? me incredibly too. I yeah. can't forget about him. Yeah. No, he's doing
1: incredible stuff, and and we've we've collaborated a good deal with um, between our mediums too. So yeah. shout out him. He's doing great things in New York right now. So I'm good. I'm really proud of him. Hope you hear that, well.
0: Love you, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. No, I I love that. Like when you have a family that really supports that. I love what you said about the chain breaking, right? Cause I was actually having this conversation with a student yesterday and, um, you know, he was talking about how he wants to just content create and he wants to, you know, he's not sure if he wants to go to like the four year college and like, but his parents, you know, he comes from more of like, a, like an Indian background. So like naturally, you know, just culturally, they want him to go to school. They want him to go to get a four year degree and just his resistance towards that. And I just find it like, I love when I hear, Parents that are willing to, you know, I don't want to say take the risk, but just to be like, hey, you know what? If you feel like this is what's best for you, like, go for it and do it. I, I'm always, I mean, I, I, tell my students all the time, like, as long as you're not doing anything destructive, like, I think that you should have some autonomy over, you know, getting what, you know, doing yeah. what you do. I know the college degree and all that. I know that like, it is important to an to an extent, but you know, I, I do one thousand percent think it is is at this stage of the game we need to be advocating for people to do the things that bring them joy and passion whatever that might be and i think that we'll just see a lot more happiness in the world and a lot less people feeling like they're overworked i mean there's it's not that simple but i think it's just a natural good place to start i think there's just like those taking away some of those pressures can really help the mental health of people and i feel like for you to be able to be feeling free to sort of express yourself and do that must be such an awesome thing so thank you i love that and i want to definitely get into the next segment of the show which is the main lesson and of course we got to talk about the album mm-hmm. beneath my wings it's an unbelievable body of work 14 tracks uh a little less than an hour runtime right or yeah yeah roughly that
1: sounds right a little less than an hour i yeah. think
0: and then is it more than how many collaborators is it 40 more than that it 50? is yeah so don't let the
1: track list fool you because it's not quite as as many as as 40 plus but i can say certifiably there are more than 40 people who contributed to this as instrumentalists background vocalists engineers writers um featured artists of course producers like it certainly is a community of album and I, I that just stems from me getting just as much joy seeing other people's creative processes and making things happen um, you know collaboratively as I do myself making music because I just love music I love what I do but I also love what music does for me Yeah. and if I can be the catalyst for beautiful music at the end of the day it doesn't matter if my voice touches that in any grand capacity as long as it's something that I'm proud to be a part of, I'm I'm more than cool taking a back seat and watching people do their thing. So it's I almost feel guilt putting putting my name on a lot of these songs um, as as like the guy, but I do take pride in my you know. Um, sense of initiative in terms of making these things happen bringing it together, executive producing in, in, in a way. So
0: no, I can totally relate to that. And I I know how difficult that is as I'm doing it now. And I know it took you a really long time, but I, I just love, I appreciate the eclectic listen that it is. We talked about it already, but just how many genres you're bringing in, how many collaborators, like um, I'm curious, I want to talk about like you almost as the executive producer and the orchestration of this album, but I would love to give, the listeners, anybody that's listening to this that hasn't heard the album, like a little taste of it before they go to listen to the album after this episode. So don't go anywhere. You are going to get a brief taste of this. What's like your favorite song? Or is maybe not your favorite song, but maybe a good – I know it's tough to ask a favorite song. You're asking it from 14 children here, your favorite song. What song do you think is a good maybe entry point into like what people might hear if they haven't heard it yet before? And we can play a little clip of it if, you, if you're cool with that.
1: I, I can answer that. I can answer that. Um. Beneath My Wings, I think, is the perfect introduction. It's the title track of the album, of course. Um, But I, again, like the way, like what my face was referencing, my facial expression was referencing is that you're right. It is hard to pick a favorite. But what I say about Beneath My Wings, the song is that it's the most me I've had of any song. It's huh. it sounds the most like what I do, and it has the most elements of what I strive to achieve. Um, Beneath my wings was entirely uh, live instrumentation. Um, it, it didn't. It doesn't have a feature. It's just me, um, and it combines the sensitivity that I try to achieve with a lot of my like melodic rapping slash rhythmic singing um it has a spoken word piece at the end it's jazzy it has a jazz piano solo in it um and it i think it really has a sonic narrative to it that feels epic but also vulnerable at Mm -hmm. the same time um so i'm i'm really really thankful that my instrumentalist friends helped me achieve that uh jazz altman was was the number one producer on that he really laid out the skeleton after i sent him an acapella to build off of um and i i I do think that is the most sensible entry point
0: i love it well we're gonna take a quick break here is the title track off julian mendoza's new album beneath my wings we're gonna play you guys a clip of it and we'll be right back
1: Some jet fuel, tripping on some petrol instrumental sky dying like my mind's a best tool but the sentimental, been driving inside A rental Resemful is It's not the mindset I'm trying to take it gentle In that good night, should try Get in my neighborhood right I don't want to go with the homies On death or shook night Lose my line of sight before the lights and the fame Rather lose my life than lighten up The weight of my name I my trust.
0: And that was Beneath My Wings, the title track off of Julia Mendoza's brand new LP. And we are back to talk about it a little bit more. Um, I love that song. There's many songs on here that I, I really like a lot. I love my story Carried Away, L.A. Time. There's so many good songs on here. Um, uh, child's, is it, no, uh, Playtime's over. over. I wanted to call it Child's Play, but that didn't sound right. Playtime's Over. playful. Childish. Yeah. 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 The play, it got me in it. Um, so, for you, like, I, I want, I'm very curious about the executive, like you were talking about earlier being the executive producer, and I mean, there's a little bit more than that. I think you did much more than executive produce it, but at its core, you did orchestrate this thing together. So, I'm just curious for you, like, where does that come from in order to make those sort of executive quote unquote decisions to figure out which collaborators will be good on certain songs, or, you know, for you in thinking about like what maybe sounds good here or how to switch maybe, okay, maybe this melody I could use over here in a bridge instead of a hook, like, all those decisions that come to that, like, what do you fall back on to make those choices? Because I know for you, you've had such a great background in music. I know hip hop has been something you got into maybe like in your middle school years. And so you've just had this like eclectic background already, but I'm curious as a legitimate musician, what inspired you or what helped you to make those choices? Sure. Um,
1: I guess first and foremost, Uh, this was the first, this is my second album. My first album is called Closer Than They Appear. Um, It's raw, it's dear to me, but it's far, far from perfect. Um, That was sort of me finding my footing. I learned a lot from that, and this was the first album where I felt like I knew what I was doing, and I felt like a musician rather than somebody trying to make music. Um, So with Beneath My Wings, it's only become possible because of how much music i've listened to and how many musicians i've spoken to within the past few years watching their processes uh, listening to music that resonates with me because of the new things that it, it attempts to do um now i guess the easiest and most sensible starting point to touch on to answer this question is the the um aspect of of personnel who I want to bring on a song where they fit, et cetera. Um, I like to strike a balance between bringing people onto a song where I can hear them immediately. And also having that song be like nothing that they've done before in their catalog. Hmm. So for example, the first song, was it the first song? Might've been the second song of the second single to come out 100 years um for that i tapped in with shane Dillon, um who produced uh, a few songs on the album or co-produced shout out him he's moving out to la by the time this comes out he'll already be out
0: there we miss you buddy big Um, shout out to shane Dillon. i've it goes without saying how many times i've you know yeah said on this show how much i just respect Shane Dillon, not only as a musician but as a person. So yeah. you already know how much love, love I got you. you. Shane, we 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 love you so much. So then it's not just us, there's so many people in yeah. Massachusetts that absolutely adore that guy. Right. And he's gonna do great things in LA. Yeah, sure.
1: and because of how many people um, you know, adore him and how many people he's worked with, which is dozens at this point. Oh my god. He's absolutely. been yeah, he's been the blueprint for me in terms of how far you can reach To create a collaboration that makes sense. He's worked with rock artists and and Mm. soul artists and hip-hop and R&B like he's stretched all over the place as a piano player composer producer. Um, so I knew He would be perfect to sort of Kickstart this album where i'm trying to do all of those things cross genres. Um, so I brought him on for like a a soulful hip-hop fusion um sort of almost ballad like track in 100 years and um, the featured artist I had on that who absolutely you know blew me away with her her feature is, is Ray Kamura from um, the indie pop band Moxie um, comes from Brattleboro, Vermont. They've since you know skyrocketed in popularity, 100,000 plus li- monthly Spotify listeners. She's, she's great and she deserves this, and the whole band does. But like I said, she's indie pop. Um, indie rock uh, but they're very groovy very danceable she has a very soulful rich voice that you'd think of from like a soul singer you know back in the days and I Mm. I I was looking at their like artist playlists on Spotify and they they do something cool where um they each list um each band member from Moxie lists um what music they've been listening to and inspiring them lately and she had like a lot of SZA on there she had like a couple like hip-hop tracks I was like she's definitely like like low-key like trying to trying to break into this a little bit in in my mind so I was like okay I can hear you really well on this soul hip-hop track you don't have any soul or hip-hop music out in its in its purity but I know that you're gonna kill this if you want to do it and she's like I love this song let's do it and she delivered this this R&B soul sort of uh the vibe that Made her feel so at home, at least in my ears, hopefully she felt the same way that she fit really well but i I can't hear the song with anybody else on it and I'd spent so long looking for somebody to um who was right for that song, and mm-hmm. she killed it, and that was just one of you know a handful of lessons I've had at this point where it's like you know, um talk to people and see what they're willing to do and how much they want to branch out and maybe i could be the catalyst for something new for them which is so gratifying to me and i might you know emerge with something different than any of their fans have ever heard before you know so yeah. i i feel like i did that on on a handful of songs on this album um
0: there were other parts to your question too yeah no i just i think you answered it pretty well i was just saying more or less of like you know what was where does it where does it come from like the inspiration and the like where do you fall back in terms of having like that instinct to make those decisions as an executive producer on you know certain melodies to use or production or like a, like you were saying collaborator collaborators that was a great example I'm glad you said that mm-hmm. um in terms of like some of these other songs are there any highlights that you've had in that you can or any like standout moments um, I'm sure there were so many but any that come to mind quickly in terms of thinking about like this process over the last three years and making this album? Like was there a moment in the studio with a certain collaborator or collaborators where you were like, damn, we got something here. Or maybe when you got uh, a mix back or a feature back or whatever it is. Cause I'm sure some of this was done, like you saying, like live instrumentation in person. Some of it I'm sure was maybe sending things back and forth. But like for you, was there like, a, a moment or a few moments you can touch on uh, within creating this process and like maybe giving us a glimpse into the, into the process. A sure. Um, I like the, the phrasing you use
1: with the, we got something here. Right. Um, because um, I feel like I'm, I'm always creating. I can, I can do a whole lot, but there are those moments where, you know, where you feel like this could be special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't get into the whole thing again with Beneath My Wings, but that was certainly one where the live instrumentation came together. Jazz Altman returned the instrumental after I sent him an acapella. But, um, I think another one was, uh, my song, Let's Go Back. Mm. Um, we didn't, with Guillaume. yeah, with Guillaume. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm about to get Ooh. a little bit into him and you've already heard what he can do. I call, I call Guillaume my, my secret weapon, um, because he doesn't have a huge following on um, uh, Spotify or even on socials mm. um, he is he has a bashful side to him uh, where I don't think he quite knows how spectacular he is um, but everybody who hears him is blown away um, and I sent him this this song that's sort of like a, a folk rock inspired uh I guess you could call it a pop song. Um it has pop elements to it. It Has pop elements to it. Um and this is a guy I I'd, I'd worked with a couple times but we haven't we hadn't had, you know, any songs released or anything like that. Um I met him at an open mic. Um and uh I sent him this thing that was sort of in his comfort zone, but he's never done something with sort of you know, as intensive hip hop R and B elements as this this project as a whole, so I was really excited to include him here. Um, and he just sent back this verse that I played it on my car speakers, and like I got goosebumps, I got emotional when I I heard the um, hidden layer, the hook. Um, Let's make a new work of art. Like this is running <laughs> goes on at the end that just like and it all breaks down it's, it was just like wow like one of those super powerful things where that'll hit somebody and they'll be like
0: whoa um, yeah. so even when you guys performed it here at the uh at the album release event that we did here for you uh i think it really i mean all, i don't want to speak for everybody but everybody in the room i think felt like damn that kind of struck a, cur- a chord and I, so fe- I felt like it did for me absolutely um Yeah, no, he is—he's special. He's he got—he's got—he's—he's he's got a special sort of way about him that—and you know what? I think it's almost interesting that you say he's bashful in the sense of him not realizing how spectacular he is. I think, in a way, or in many ways. That makes him even more like it makes me want to gravitate towards him more. He is the whole
1: package, and I I really do want to spend a, a small piece of this podcast talking yeah. about him because he is one of my biggest um, inspirations and f- very favorite artists on the planet, period. Um, but he he's the whole package. He's you know um, hilarious on TikTok. Obviously, he has his beautiful voice. He's a multi-instrumentalist. The first time I saw him, he played guitar, piano, and ukulele um, and sang in an N95 mask over it, sounding beautiful. (laughs) Um, He's conventionally attractive. Like, he's got, he's um, just one of those people where you can see him on TV or, you know, nowadays just all over social media if he wants it. It's just a matter of... You know how far can you go with with the marketing and getting you know yourself put in front of the right people to, mm-hmm. to get noticed like everybody needs to but I'm like tell him all the time it's like you go out and get it or you let me and the collective you know help lift you up the sky is is below the limit for you you know like mm-hmm. he, he's got it
0: yeah I completely agree I think that that is just incredible um, what he's able to do. And, uh, yeah, like, really, you were an entry point uh, to him for me. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that as well, um, that he was here and he was able to, you know, do what he did and clearly do what he did on your album. Um, I want to shift gears slightly to the black. Is it So I never really understand how I pronounce it with with the Vs. It always gets me confused. Black is it, Sam. Is it Black Sam? Black okay. Sam. I want to say Black Swim for like the longest time. <laughs> All, right. All right, Black Sam. So getting someone like him on the project, you know, what was it like for you to get uh somebody that is a little bit you know you, you you punched a little bit above your weight there to get that that feature and that's not a knock on you. let's right. just like you know just where black sam is at the moment um what was that like to you know get, get a cosign from someone like him and to be like, yeah, I want to be a part of this song my story with him and uh, and lib, which is one of my one of my personal highlights I'm glad
1: um yeah, so this was um this was made possible by the first um i guess big feature if you will that i got the first what i consider a big feature that i got was the remix to my f- very first song um ever feel me um that i got Davion on from uh she's she's like a Dreamville affiliate mm-hmm. um who was on Revenge of the Dreamers 3 she had the hook on sleep deprived and i loved her her thing she she had expressed that she would be open to features um and she really gave me like a a really um, solid deal. I did pay her, um, but it gave me a really solid deal because she loved the song and, um, yeah, and she's, I mean, she's grabbed me nominated because of that album and, like, that was one of the, the moments where I was like, wait, I can do this. Like, these people aren't entirely inaccessible. Um, so I'm very grateful to, to her for, um, you know, being, so enthusiastic she was great to work with very complimentary and super sweet she's since been working with like alicia keys like some awesome stuff but um you know coming into beneath my wings i was like all right i'm back for more um and i want this to elevate me so i'd been following black sam ever heard ever since i heard his song gristle as an instagram ad which i think has millions of um listeners on that ad but also millions and millions of listeners on Spotify and whatnot. His song Bleach just cleared 10 mil I think. Wow. Um and uh I caught him at a good time where he was certainly blowing up but wasn't getting a ton of money off of it. So he was he was open to to features for those he um really liked. And, um, you know, nowadays he's charging 2K a feature. He'll say that out flat. Um, so I caught him at a good time. But also, again, my my song was good enough so that he'd be like, yeah, I really want to be on this song. Um, this really feels like me. And, um, you know, we worked it out. And it was very, you know, gratifying to know that somebody who now you know, just released a song with Mick Jenkins, who's been an idol of mine for so long, also finds me just as worth his time um, and effort in the studio to, you know, deliver a verse for. So super thankful and super great to see him, you know, skyrocket to the point where now he's making a living off of this, doing tours across the country and all that. Um, You know, it makes my world feel a little smaller
0: yeah i was gonna ask you you kind of already answered it but maybe uh, to go off that a little bit more like how validating is that for you for these two, like two artists in particular like of course it's so great to you know be part of something that's grassroots and work with people in that are your peers and there's so much that fulfillment that can come from that but in terms of the sort of validation of two artists like that to say yeah like your songs are worth my time like what is that feel like like what is that if you can describe it in words
1: sure um it's incredibly validating um and you know um i'll be the first to say that i don't have um career af- aspirations as a musician per se in that i'm banking on getting rich from this um whatever happens happens with how hard i'm working and i work just as hard as anybody else mm-hmm. if not more um and like whatever it comes of that but I'm I'm just you know having fun trying to get better being myself and putting out what I think is good music and um, you know when when I have those aspirations uh, or affirmations rather from um, you know these big industry artists or even big indie artists um, it's a testament not only to you know perhaps my vocal talent and even my like um, you know how I executive produce, but also my ear, because so much of a song, um, you know, the credit goes to the producers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the hook uh, to to you know um, uh, line and sync a lot of these um, artists who otherwise would be unattainable is is the production. They hear the 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 vibe, the the beat, and they're like, "Ooh, this is something I really can get down with." Uh, so, it's just as nice to get that affirmation in terms of what I do as a recording artist, as it is for somebody to be like, "Yeah, your taste in music is really good." Um, because, l- like I said, I love listening to great
0: music as much as I love making it. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely reiterate that you have a great taste. Um, you know, we've gone back and forth many times on you know things I'm working on. You, you've you've always had been a good ear and very hopeful. Um, for that and other artists that I work with and that are in the scene as well I think you 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 definitely have a valid ear for that and you know again I, congratulations on such an unbelievable body of work like I really am so happy for you I'm so glad that you were able to get to this point to put this thing out and I feel like it's going to propel you so much going forward so if you have not heard Beneath My Wings yet you got to check it out. It's linked in the description below. Don't go anywhere yet cuz we're about to get we're going to have some fun now. Like that was all insightful and great and inspirational potentially, we're going to have some fun. So don't go anywhere. All right, but after this episode, you definitely want to go give that album a nice spin. You're going to find a lot of things on there. Um of course, it wouldn't be a turntable teachers episode without a pop quiz. So, yep, it, I'm scared. It, this is always I am I am waiting artists like anybody listening to this i'm waiting for somebody to come on here and be excited for pop quiz every single time it's like oh no like maybe it's just the fact that like the the connotation of a pop quiz from when your childhood is just not something. i did two decades of school to not do these (laughs) anymore (laughs) well the questions are about you so hopefully like you'll be it'll be a little bit easier for anybody that doesn't know Pop Quiz is a segment where I ask the guests, in this particular instance, Julian Mendoza, rapid fire questions about themselves. Uh, some of them have to do with music, some have absolutely nothing to do with music. It's just things that I have found because I do my research. So are you ready? I am ready, I think. You oh. should. Yeah. Again, gonna be we're gonna start off easy and then they get progressively a little bit more, you know, tougher, we'll say, or a little All bit right. more in depth. All right uh first thing i want to know you've been known to have a lot of lookalikes who do you get paired to the most in terms of looks
1: oh my gosh lookalikes um i've gotten bruno mars a lot
0: <laughs> um, uh,
1: people have said anderson pock and they also compare me to anderson pock so you should mind, might as music. well
0: you might as well just be in silk sonic i
1: point. am a, I, this so short answer silk sonic yes bruno <laughs>
0: bruno and anderson yes He's gotta be the third I member. All right. Bruno and Edison Puck. If Bruno Mars and Edison Puck have a baby had a baby, it might be you actually. <laughs> yeah, you
1: don't 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 Photoshop anything and, and superimpose it on the screen, please. I, nobody wants to see that.
0: <laughs> it's on there. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> What's the most far fetched story you've ever covered as a journalist that you could think of off the top of your head? Oh like just just why, like something that we wouldn't yeah. believe that oh. happened out in Western Mass in oh. Greenfield.
1: Oh my gosh. I have to be PC too. Um I'm gonna uh I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit and use my coworkers because I That's think fine. it's funnier. That's fine. Um my boy Chris, shout out Chris Larrabee, fantastic journalist. Um, has been um he's he's been hard uh hard at work covering uh a potential topless dispensary okay. coming out to to Western Mass where it's sort of like a strip club weed dispensary at the same time. Um, what? I that's our reaction too. And he's he's dug his teeth into it and he's still like, What? I'm not exactly sure where they're at with that, but it's funnier when you consider it's in the middle of nowhere in Western Mass <laughs> where it's just grass and cows. <laughs> so there's a bunch of people who are getting weed and seeing, you know, some attractive women without shirts. So
0: who knows? Maybe it's the future of business. Okay. Invest early. I, I okay. I guess yeah. That, that is that is pretty interesting. You asked for an interesting okay. one. I you I I got it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess Western Mass folks. You're gonna have people, droves of people, driving out to Western Mass for this now. That's gonna be like the main attraction. Oh yeah. You're gonna have droves of men, stoner men, going out to Western Mass now. Oh yeah. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to get some attract attraction Apparently. out there. I get it. I understand. <laughs> um okay one gotta go so if one one of these did not exist in the world and you can only keep the other which would you keep star wars or lord of the rings that's so mean bro
1: i know oh my god this is like harder than choosing a favorite song when we're talking about like choosing a favorite child like this is that lord of the rings has the better movies um star wars has the better lore Star Wars has the better, um, like, expanded universe. Like, read about it, has the better video games. Um, assuming you're just talking about the movies without getting too complicated, I'm taking Lord of the Rings. So, Star Wars would go? Star
0: Wars would have to go. Understood. Okay. Favorite mountain or trail you've ever hiked, and what's one on your bucket list?
1: Ooh, that's a great one. Um,. The last one I did was the most gratifying because it was the highest. It was Mount Katahdin, um, which is the end of the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did that with my dad. Um, it's one of the things I'm most thankful for is that he comes on these mountain hikes with me. He introduced me to it. Um, my favorite might be um, Franconia Notch. Love, um, that's my favorite it's too. It's fantastic. I love the Franconia Notch. Fantastic. So much fun. Um, bucket list. I would love to do something like totally – Different, uh, because most of the stuff I've done is like in the northeast in terms of like mountain hikes. I'd love to do like something in like Utah or something like yes, that. Yeah, that's or, that's like, my that's on my list out hey, west, or
0: maybe maybe we head out there together, honestly, and do some shit. We got we like I think talk. like we got it, we, Let's yeah, talk. yeah, all right, off air, yeah, we'll definitely talk. <laughs> um, I yeah, out west is my next. I've done a ton of in New Hampshire, I've done a ton in Maine, all that, right, mm-hmm. Vermont. I've done a sm- little bit of the Smoky Mountains, there you go. but yeah, my next is out there for sure. I'm awesome. a big hiker too. I was very interested. But yeah, no, Utah, Yellowstone, somewhere yeah. in Montana. I love out there.
1: Yellowstone. I would love to hike there. I visited there for a handful of days, and it was the
0: most magical experience oh, I've ever had. I got to so. get out there, man. Yeah. I have to get out there. Um, okay. Does peanut butter or avocado make for a better spread? Yo. And why? <sighs> I, know you know, I really hope you guys didn't see this Instagram
1: story. I'm ashamed. I need to go to, you know, yeah, so, get yeah, evaluated. Did, yeah,
0: did did you put the avocado on the chocolate chip muffin? I did. I did. That's this disgusting. video I,
1: Yes, I'm aware, but the people wanted it, and when the good people of America call, I have to answer. You know? I I <laughs> Alright, so all right. the burning question. How did it taste? Okay. Um it was You want the honest truth? Yes. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I don't believe it <laughs> wasn't bad. it had the nice ice. What I said in this video is that it had the nice um, match of the sweet and the savory. You know, avocado is used sometimes to uh, like supplement like cake icing. I think like it's used as like a is hidden it? ingredient. Yeah. And huh. like a bunch of different weird shit you wouldn't expect. So it's just, you know, one of those things where
0: don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Don't knock it till you try. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think I will be trying that. I mean, again, I'm not picky eater. Like uh, I like a lot of food. The only thing I don't like. Fun fact. So this is a little hidden gem for anybody that maybe would ever have me on the show. If you ever want to try this on me, I hate tomatoes, raw tomatoes. No, if I get a burger, grow up, bro. Grow up. <laughs> If you if I get a burger sandwich anything that has tomatoes on it it's I, like I'm borderline like I don't even want to pick it off like I, I don't even want like the residue I don't like it but I love tomato flavored things or like if the tomatoes are cooked I'll eat them I'm very strange when it comes to that but that's like my only thing but anyway peanut butter or avocado I, I guess right. I guess I guess we'll see the same thing one gotta go you know if you only have one for the rest of your life peanut <laughs> butter or avocado all this being said peanut butter clears. Peanut butter goes on almost everything. It's way more versatile.
1: It's way more versatile. Um, You know, you have it in desserts. You have it on, uh, in Filipino dishes, you have um, kare kare, um, which is um, oxtail with peanut butter and green beans, which is a delicacy to Filipinos. I I shouldn't even be saying this because I I don't like it, but (laughs) it goes to show that there are people who will like peanut butter on everything. There's peanut sauce on noodles so that's all i'm saying it's like it's so versatile everything
0: yeah i would agree i think overall peanut peanut butter is a little bit more versatile but i i do like avocado too man don't get me wrong i just i I know you're a big fan of both and i just wanted to find a way to put them i know they're so very different foods um okay as a coffee addict and a smoothie connoisseur what are your go-to orders for each
1: oh man um yeah, like I'm definitely way like deep in the coffee game, and I really appreciate like a nice refined cup of coffee. Yeah, like
0: you're not a Dunkin' Starbucks guy. Like you, 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 you like the coffee shop. Yeah, like. well, at the, I was gonna
1: say at the same time, I'll also take what I can get. I just love coffee. <laughs> um, but uh, it sort of depends. When I'm at like any Joe Schmo coffee shop, I'll usually just get a regular hot coffee, milk and sugar, nothing crazy, just to see how their coffee is, mm-hmm. but if I go to, like, a really nice coffee shop, like, yeah. in New York or something when I'm visiting, um, I, I scan their menu for something, um, you know, interesting or, or a little sweet in terms of, like, usually a latte, so, mm. like, some of the best coffee, um, actually, no, I'll, I'll, I'll reference the one that I had yesterday. I had a, um, I was at a really nice coffee shop, um, called, uh, Farmer's Horse in, um, I think it was in Roxbury still. is somewhere in Boston. Um, And I had a banana bread latte that was... Delicious. That sounds really good, actually. Banana and coffee. Drink. Banana and coffee. I don't know what it is. A lot of people will be hating on bananas this year. Um, Why is banana against you, bananas? get a lot of hate. Bananas get a lot of hate. People for are what? saying it's like gross fruit. Like there's a lot no. of banana ops out there. But for no. all the banana ops, no. No. also, I think you need to eat. eat uh, honestly, like you can't talk tomato boy, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, bananas. The tomato yeah, boy. Tomato boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Shots are being yeah, fired. Yeah, no, yeah. I, just, I almost had to leave after you said that, but
0: no, bananas and coffee, elite combination. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So what about smoothies then? Because I knew, I know you suck down smoothies like it's your job. Like yeah. you just like drink them <laughs> so fast. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I get a smoothie mostly
1: after I play like basketball or something like that because yeah. I'll end up starving and also thirsty. And what better to solve that than a smoothie? Um, I love... Um, the good old strawberry banana, oh, but you my know guy. anything my with guy. strawberry banana, strawberry banana is the way to go. But I also like anything with mango. Um, mm, mango's good. And um, going back to peanut butter, peanut butter is fantastic in smoothies. Ooh, if you absolutely have, yeah, if you have peanut butter and banana, or peanut butter chocolate and banana, or Nutella, <sighs> I'm there. Gorgeous.
0: Like I've been big on big on the acai bowls lately.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't eat them as much as I would like to because the. The amount that I've had um, has is I, I've had very few, but they're delicious. Mm,
0: I love acai bowls. Delicious, get nice, you know, cup strawberries, blueberries, bananas, and then yeah, a little bit of peanut butter drizzle, some Nutella, that acai, maybe a little little coconut shredded over it. You're reminding granola. me, I hardly ate today. <laughs> My stomach. <grew. laughs> so, maybe something he'll get after this. Um, I love it. Speaking of basketball, and be honest. Okay. So I know we tried to do this over summer, it just didn't work out. But in, in if it's you, your dad and Ezra game of one on one on one, who's who usually wins when it comes to you know it comes to that? Ezra
1: usually busts my ass, but we're getting closer. Um, I'm getting, I'm creeping up on him. I, yeah. he used to beat me almost every time when we were growing up. He got way up, a uh, way bit like bigger head start than I did to <laughs> playing basketball. He had his formative years where he was playing since third grade, and I started late into middle school. So I had a lot of catching up to do, and he's just really fundamentally solid, really smart, great finisher. He can score from everywhere. I'm, I'm the best shooter in the family, like okay. three point shooter. So, okay. um, i uh i'm slowly filling out my my skill set and uh you know when we match up when i visit him in in brooklyn we'll play one-on-one i could win half the games nowadays which is an improvement
0: there you go there you go i love it and just recently won at hoop hop yeah so big shout out to you and uh and squad you're on aunt thomas's team right
1: Aunt thomas's team shout out aunt thomas and my squad yeah i was i was a rookie on that team you (laughs) know uh, playing a support role there, uh, got a couple nice steals and a couple nice rebounds uh, as my my primary contribution. But uh, you know, <laughs> all that matters was, is the hardware, right? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's the, the hardware. It's we the got the dub, and I'm happy to just like in music, take a back seat and let the team eat.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. All right, this is going to be a rapid fire now. There's four four questions left. They're all true or false. Okay. So true or false, your destiny record signed by the Jacksons is your most prized possession.
1: How do you know this exists? <laughs>
0: it's... Oh, I don't reveal my sources on air. Man. um. Which, 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 your, which your mom gave you, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It would be false. It would be false. Really? I yeah. don't have time to get into <laughs> what the most valuable would be, but it's very prized. I will say that.
0: It's a prized possession, but not your most. Okay. Not so false. Name. True or false. Your favorite band is of Monsters and Men, and your favorite video game is Magic: The Gathering. Um, Magic: The Gathering is a card game. Sorry, so my bad. I thought it was... is
1: okay. It was. It is my favorite card game, For and card of Monsters game. and Men is certifiably my um, favorite band. Yes, and they have been since late middle school, which is very funny. They're like folk folk rock from Iceland, so very much not my you know (laughs) comfort zone in terms of making music
0: but Mm -hmm. uh they're fantastic love it all right here we go this is the one we've, we've everyone's been waiting for true or false you believed in santa for way too long to the point that your younger brother ezra gave up on believing before you did wow this man knows me better than I know myself.
1: It's it's true. It's true. Yeah, no. Ezra, was, Ezra was the the problem child. He was always trying to trying to be the younger uh, brother. We yeah, all stir yeah. the stir the pot a little bit in so many different ways. He's he's the little rascal of the group. But uh, I wanted to believe, so I try to try to hold out hope. You know, like he might be. He's. I think he is. No. Yeah. Sorry. It's it's, it's like, <laughs> thanks, Michael Jackson, for the, the jetpack thing. <laughs>
0: That's what led to the conversation, as I said before. Oh, too funny. Awesome. All right, last one. True or false, your dream relationship would be with another musical artist, so that way you can support them in the way that... You like they can support you type deal. You you you, you would love that reciprocation.
1: I'm um, single ladies. Is <laughs> yes, musician ladies. Yeah, musician ladies. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very important to me. Um, first and foremost, I just want my partner to be somebody who's um, passionate, share of themselves, yeah. um, and um, you know likes to shine in whatever that may mean for them. And if it happens to be somebody who shares the medium in which they do it. We could just have so much fun. Mm-hmm. So, cool. I hope it's in my future. I love
0: it. I love it. Well, great job on pop quiz round of applause. You totally, totally get in there. Good job. I, I know did. those. I know those are some some freaked deeper questions. Freak me out. <laughs> Freak me out. But you did well. You did well. Um, yeah, so I want to get back into the main lesson. I want to talk to you about performing because I feel like that's such a just such an in, uh, integral part of you as an entertainer, as a creative, as an artist. Um, you're just a really engaging performer, whether it be from singing, rapping, your stage presence, your dancing, your engagement with the crowd, all of it. So you've had a bunch of um, performances lately. You've done, uh, I had to write them down because there were so many, Hope Fest, Summer Village, um, your per- uh, performances in New York at Mercury Lounge. You had your album release event here, which, which you, of course, performed and had performances. Um, you've done some a lot of performances with Bars Over Bars. So which performance as of late um, uh, has been, like, the most fulfilling for you? And then why does the performance part or piece of artistry as a whole, like, why do you hold such a high level of importance for it? Because I I, I get the sense that it's an important part of it for you. Sure. Um, I guess for the first
1: part of the question, um, it's tough because there there are – you know, there's so much to value about live performance, which I'm about to get into. There's so many, you know, things that I gain from it, uh, whether it be, you know, me really liking a venue versus the people I meet. Um, but what really stuck in my head for a long time was the reception I received at, at Hope Fest uh, in Salem. Um, well, first of all, not only was it a, um, you know, a benefit event for Nagly, um, which raises mm-hmm. um you know, money for um, LGBTQ plus um, youth and does does like our resource stuff for them. So that that felt really good. Yeah, um, and we
0: were we like AOA Studios, not to cut you up. We were sponsored there, and I want to give a yes. very huge big shout out to Matt and his entire and Matt Perrone and his entire team because they really just did, did a fantastic. They job were with that. on.
1: I was telling other musicians about this. They were the most communicative organizers I have. won by. F- Far, well,
0: it wasn't even close far. it I was know.
1: not close and i've done you know probably dozens of shows at some capacity at this point like was not close to you know the preparation yep. um and communication attention to detail mm-hmm. so it just made my life a lot more easy for something that was such a big deal um but also just um after performing there i don't know if it's the culture of, of Salem or if it's just like, it just brought out a lot of like kind hearted people. It just so happened to be that way. But I was telling people that day of that show, I probably received more outspoken love for what I did at that than any other show I had in the, in the past. I don't know. Maybe I did really well. Maybe I set was really good. It was. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad he <laughs> thought so. Uh, but it was just... I also think it goes to the credit of the people there that they were just you know um they found it in their best interest to approach me afterwards and and be like yo i I really loved your music or or say like hey you you changed my mind about this style of music, which happens a lot, and that is one of the biggest compliments i can mm. I can have um uh so that it was just really good vibes uh, that whole thing um so shout out Hope Fest. I really hope you know, in in whatever capacity, I get to be a part of it again, and, and that it just keeps growing in the future.
0: Totally, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. then in terms of performance, like for you, like what what to reiterate the second half. Yeah, um, what makes performing so important or uh, integral as the piece of artistry for right. you? Because I, I I could just get the sense you put a lot of effort into that side of things. So I'm right. I'm just curious from for you, like, you know, does it go back to the Michael Jackson thing? Like is but I'm but or is it just like um, a combination of different things that you've had over the course of the last few years. Sure.
1: Um, well, Michael Jackson certainly was, um, you know, my entryway into realizing um, not only how important performance can be, but also how far you can go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to his music videos, you know, like yeah. almost like feature film type type things. Totally. Um, but there's just so much we can do with music. Music is a soundtrack, whether it be, in a literal sense Mm -hmm. um or sort of more abstract in this case of performance such as a concert music is a soundtrack to the environment Mm -hmm. and the people who are there and the vibes that are going on in the atmosphere so i try to be conducive to that vibe with everything else i'm capable of um i you know danced competitively for for eight years and um, I don't do it strictly dance centric much anymore, but I still carry it over into um, you know what I do with my music and a lot of my music's danceable. so I try to break out some of that. I'll even break dance on stage sometimes. Um, and uh, like I try to connect with my musicians, make facial expressions. I just had a really uh, nice performance. Uh, the other night with somebody in, in Lawrence where we were playing off each other the entire night. Shout out Krithi, who's fantastic. Oh, Krithi. Um, another, another good friend of the show. Yeah, good friend of the show. Um, but the other thing is people come for this. They If they want to just hear my music uh, or anyone's music for that matter, they have Spotify or Apple Music, whatever they listen to, you know. Um, people come for an experience. So I feel like I'd be shortchanging, especially those who who pay or even just take the time out of their day to come see me if I don't give it the most entertainment value it could have. And I've been I've been firsthand disappointed by, you know, some I feel like it's a problem in hip hop a lot, too, where it's like people come in with their their backing tracks and like all their vocals like still on it and they just perform their ad-lib sort of just standing still and it's like you're not really doing anything for the people who took the time out of their day to see something special that they can't get anywhere else you know Mm -hmm. they can always you know look at your face or whatever but like there's a different vibe when you come and and you dance or you vary the arrangement of a song a little bit bring in new instruments that weren't on the studio track like so much potential with the stage and i just try to be as innovative with my performance as i am when i
0: arrange record conceptualize music I love that answer and uh, if you haven't seen julian mendoza perform be on the lookout for any performances he might have throughout the rest of the year and then definitely in 2024 you got to get out and see this this guy perform he's an absolute treat um what's the preparation like my last question on this topic between like when you have the full live band versus just yourself because you've done obviously a mix of both so I'm curious like is it easier for you when it's just by yourself and on the other hand with the full band like does that feel different is there like a different cathartic feeling when you have the band behind you way easier
1: when i just do it myself with backing tracks there's there's no um tricks or gimmicks with um The instrumental so I know exactly what to expect because Mm. I've listened to my music a million times and I'm the one who made it (laughs) Um, but with a live band you have the beauty of variation sometimes we have intentional improvisation Mm. sometimes we even slip up and we have to you know catch back up with each other and you know especially because you know with how busy I am and how busy everybody is like we have Musicians who substitute for other musicians and we have sparse rehearsal time um, And you know, there's a lot of things that could equate to You know not having everything down to a formula yet Um, I try to find as much beauty in that as possible Mm -hmm. and I sort of like how each one of my performances comes out a little different Uh, and to answer that part of your question about catharsis absolutely, I think Not only does my music simply sound better with a live band, as a lot of people's music does, but there's something so almost like telepathic about everybody in sync with each other Mm -hmm. and all musicians locked into the same thing. Um, And when it's my music, something that I worked so hard on, it's like straight up trippy thinking about people. Pouring their creativity and their souls into something that came from my head like so many people um, mm. so it's been really nice that um, I've had these instrumentalist friends down to do this stuff sometimes with little to no pay at all Associated um, just because they love my music um, a Lot of them love me as a person or or at least really value my friendship and mm-hmm. um, and we just have such a good time um, making music. And that common thread is what
0: binds us together even when the when the bag doesn't, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. I love it. Speaking of making music with others, I want to talk about Async because your relationship with Nick and the entire Async collective, um, many of whom are in New York, but really I've, I know that it's like very spread out. So can you explain sort of how, to anybody that doesn't know, how you got... You're sort of in touch or how you came to become close with someone like Nick and then the async collective as a whole and like what like the sort of mission statement if you will or like goal of the collective is
1: it's one of those things I'm not sure I believe in the conventional sense of fate but the timing was perfect how I connected with Nick um, I literally got his song as an Instagram ad that was getting quite popular at the time I loved it. I had just released my first album um, and was ready. I was hungry for more. Um, I wanted to go on like a feature run uh, or just a collaboration run. So I was like, "Hey, I really, I got this this ad of yours. I really love your song. It really resonated with me. This is what I do. Um, you know, if you happen to ever need another voice for anything or felt like branching out and you know, um, working with somebody new." I'm in your corner. Just say the word. would love to do something. And um, I sent that to quite a few people. um, But A, he happened to be one of my very favorites from that group. B, he was one of the the couple that actually responded and responded thoughtfully and with intention. Um, He told me about Async, um, which is this creative collective. At the time, he was just getting off the ground. He was like, yo... Thank you so much for reaching out. I really appreciate that. Glad you like this song. Um, it's funny that you sort of propose this right now because I, in my life, am trying to get this, this collective going where it combines a bunch of musicians of different styles, walks of life, um, and approaches um, to just see what we can do with it, see what we can make out of it. Um, so I guess one thing led to another. We made our first song, Nostalgia, Um, and that just showed both of us how much we, we loved working with each other. Um, we really resonated as people by now. He's a brother to me and I love him. He loves me. Um, and, uh, it's grown from there. I've, I've actually taken initiative as sort of like the A and R person per se for async to bring even more musicians, uh, to the conversation and, and to the table to make some, some crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, we've really built it up to be this sort of multimedia space where we we book shows and um, uh, we not only work on um, you know production and share lyrics and mingle with each other in that way, but like we have people who are visually inclined who participate in that sense uh, visual arts. Um, so we really just want to. Make it like it's weird because we want to make it like more amorphous in that it encompasses so much, mm-hmm. but also really establish an identity so that when people see Async, it's um, it's like they're they're a titan of what they do. Um, so you'll have to stay tuned as we keep growing. But it's been a couple of years now that I've I've been with this this group that feels like family to me, and I, I travel to make music with them, and it's just been so um so enriching
0: and then this initially got started on or like where it lives is a discord server is that correct
1: yeah yeah we do most of our um i guess i don't like to say business but most of our our work in collaboration with each other we communicate through discord we have different threads where uh for example there's a a beats in production thread Mm -hmm. where the producers such as uh, Nick is also a producer in addition to a vocalist and um, shout out Har Harrison Lau um, he's a producer and a few others um, really active on there they'll they'll cook up a beat even if it's just like a rough sketch or a concept send it through and just be like, yo, this is what I was working on today if any vocalist you know vibes with it would love to you know hear you do your thing and a lot of the time a vocalist, whether it be me or somebody else. We'll go like, ooh, I really like this. I have an idea for it. Like, give me a couple of days. And I'll, I'll, I'll send a yeah. demo back and then build it from there. So uh, that could be reverse engineered. To somebody sends like a, a lyrics and lyrics in the the cipher, you know, thread that we have, and there could be a producer being like, yo, I want to build around this. This is fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of back and forth and 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 brainstorming happen happens there.
0: So first off, I just think that is so cool in the sense of being able to build something like that seemingly from nothing, you know, and like, and even though it's not a physical space, like for a place that for people to feel like they can collaborate with different people and know that everybody's kind of in there for the same reason. I love that. It's definitely a lot. I think it's definitely more of a community build. Even than let's say you were on like Instagram per se, and like you already have your quote unquote people that follow you and all that stuff. It's like, you have a specific space for, okay, we're not even going to worry about posting and likes and comments and all this things. It's like, this is just the the space we have to create. So I, I mean, I, I hope, and I'm sure that more people do do this than maybe I know, but I still think that is so awesome that you have a, a place like that. You have people that you trust and that care about the same things. So that is, so much. That's, it, it's, it's, it's invaluable.
1: Yeah. And it's,
0: it's like, for the
1: love of it, too. Mm. And t- you, you were talking a little bit about the concept of doing things, f- expecting nothing in return. Right. The generosity that, I mean, Nick especially has shown me, not only the time but also the money that he's put in to stuff for me mm. is, like, I'm going to have to figure out something <laughs> very, very special <laughs> to repay him because he does not he's never expected anything in return. He's just done it, done it because – he adores music he adores me um he adores what he does Mm -hmm. um and he's you know built himself up to a place where he can support it to the extent that he does so i'm just very thankful to have him and other people
0: like that in my my corner with this um, should not go unmentioned awesome big shout out to nick v got to meet him when he came through for your open uh, album release party and that was just a pleasure. So appreciate you and everything you're doing for independent artists. It's just, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, i got one final segment in the main lesson before we get to the final section or segment of the show. Um, this is, of course, I want to talk to you a little bit about your journalism and photography background and what you do there. So as a writer specifically, I'm kind of curious how like the difference between writing songs and then writing like articles like what like what is the different sort of headspace that you need to be in to do both of those how do you balance that exactly mm-hmm. like i'm just kind of curious about because those are two very different mediums of writing like how do you how are you able to not like burn yourself out on either end so to speak i guess is is early. i wouldn't go that
1: far i definitely burn myself out but oh, okay. uh <laughs> yeah no, i definitely burn myself out i'm i'm, I'm certainly experiencing burnout now <laughs> but I, that's not to say I don't love both, because obviously I do. I wouldn't be doing them if I did not Not getting rich off of either. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. But, um, Journalism, of course. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Neither, but, um, but I guess for there, there's some crossover between the two, um, you know there's are you asking sort of like the about the process of of producing yeah
0: I guess like yeah when you're gonna sit down and and write a song versus writing a journal like a, an article for you know the paper I'm just curious of like what that looks like like when you're sure. like is it more based on my, my guess is that there's spontaneity in both in a sense because if a story just pops up and your you know in your newspaper is like Oh hey, you got to go cover this. Like, you have to be in that in that space to like go and write that. Or maybe if like an idea just comes in your head to write a song, Mm. you might not have consciously said, "I'm going to sit down and write today." But now you're in that mode in writing. So I'm just kind of curious of like, yeah, is there a similarity there, or am I am I I off base completely? No, not
1: at all. It's I think in that respect, it's one of the elements I hadn't thought about as much, but it it definitely is true. Um, I guess the. So the, the the biggest similarity is starting a song and starting a journalism article is the hardest part of the process it's it's starting it's yeah. starting starting is the hard, hardest part of the process um so i guess a lot of it is just about building momentum mm-hmm. i i approach headlines and i make this joke in the in the um not not headlines but like leads to the story um i approach it um, in the same way as like writing a bar i'm I have this joke I have joke, I have jokes with my coworkers where i 'm like yo the the bar that i 'm starting with this story with is crazy um, <laughs> and like a lot of the time it will be like a double entendre or something like that so like that 's how I sort of get myself into the groove mm-hmm. um and like journalism 's funny because it 's like you have to find this sweet spot where you have some element of creative flair but it has to be very tasteful of course um and it also has to adhere to a structure that makes sense and is Mm -hmm. is 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 formalized as a journalistic piece so finding that middle ground has been really fun with fun for me and that's really a parallel that i've i've come across with music where it's like you have the confines of a beat or the confines of some subject matter Hmm. where like you can't go do whatever you want, like, unless you're blue face and want to (laughs) like, you know, run off the beat um, intentionally (laughs) and just go hog wild. But it's not my style particularly. Um, You have this, this structure that you need to adhere to. And you have, you know, hook verse um, bridge, you know, parts of a song Mm -hmm. that just like you have what's called an inverted pyramid, Um, in in journalism where you start with a lead and then have a ton of important information in the nut graph um, and then sort of work down from there. Like both have a a structure to adhere to, but Uh there's some wiggle room in terms of, um, you know, how you go about um, composing that in a way that makes sense on a case-by-case basis. Um, And that just really depends on... um, your your ear as a musician or your 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 taste and savvy as a journalist to be able to like almost i want to say like read the room of journalism you know yeah Um, understand how you
0: structure something might be received interesting oh that's i I never thought of like the dichotomy i guess between the two you know and thinking about thinking about that that's so cool um where I, I thought that there was maybe some, yeah, you know, when I asked, I was like, maybe maybe there's some overlap there, but mm-hmm. um, that's really dope, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. And you, you again, you've written for us uh, freelance once when we did, uh, when we collaborated on um, the At Uno Hype mm-hmm. show as well, which was such a great, and then, oh, and then the Johan Lennox one as well. One, yeah. So you did too, I should say. That's right. And um, so you guys can check out those uh, articles. They are on our on our turntableteachers.com website. Julian, thank you so much for this episode, man. Like, I had so much fun. Uh, this is clearly it was long overdue, but I'm glad we did it now once you had the album out and a lot more to talk about. And I'm just so happy to, you know, I'm going to take, you know, take a bite off you a little bit and just how lovely it's been to watch you grow and to, like, watch your progression and, you you know, I, we, we talked about this briefly and I, I want to mention this cause like, you know, how many times we've been in collaborative spaces together, like, you know, when you uh, performed at the show I threw earlier in the summer and then some of the other ones as well, like, you know, obviously here, um, you know, I kind of had to be on, so to speak and like work, you know what I mean? It was, you know, I was working the event or whatever, both really. And then the Hope Fest one in particular to be able to like actually sit down and like watch it as a fan was such a awesome experience and i'm so glad i got to watch that one and i just think it's been um it's just been special and and your energy you've been such a light to so many people and i know so many people have been a light to you but that has definitely gone you know both ways so i just want to really i appreciate everything you've done in the scene and what you will continue to do and i think this is only sort of the beginning for you thank you so much
1: and it it means the world um i feel like in entertainment especially like even just music specifically aside just entertainment it's it's supposed to be expressive it's supposed to be warm it's supposed to be something that's hyper emotional and far too often with um you know, all sorts of, of platforms and people who are trying to make things for themselves. It's like they lose touch of that just because mm-hmm. they get caught up in the grind of everything. Yeah. And it's it's like, Which is easy to do. Which That's is the, easy to do. Oh, yeah, and I, I feel like there have been cases where I've been there and try to snap myself out of it, but, you know, Turntable Teachers has been doing this for years now, um, and you've built yourself up. You've met so many people. You've connected with so many people. I'm just one of many. So just to always feel so valued more than welcome but valued appreciated um and you know have had the care you've taken in like literally researching like into who i am for (laughs) a podcast episode like this it's just like if everybody did that the cliche of a, the world would be a better place is like, you know, it's the, you know, you can go beyond that. Like, you know, you're, you're really doing something here. Thank
0: you, man. So, no, I, this is like what I like doing. I like, you know, getting people a little bit vulnerable out of their shell. Maybe this would be a much different uh, experience than you get on a normal podcast. So that's that's my goal at the end of the day is to and then humanize the people that come in here because there is a human that makes this music. It's You know, we all go through similar struggles or have similar things. I'm sure that's why I I, I get so deep on the pop pop quiz stuff. It's like that becomes almost the relatable stuff. Someone might have been watching this, going, "Oh, Michael Jackson was a huge inspiration for me," or "I believed in Santa Claus 15." Like, who knows? (laughs) Who (laughs) knows? I still believe in Santa. (laughs) He's real, okay? He's He's real. real. Santa. Um, Open response. Mm -hmm. Dream song scenario our fans are well, i should say listeners i don't like calling them fans listeners of the podcast know this by now um if you are just coming on to the, us for the first time we do the dream song scenario which is where we ask the artist producer whoever comes on the show if they had a dream song who would be on it i'll structure it for you you get a song two producers or one to two producers if you just want one that's fine and up to three guest artists it's your song and anyone can be on the song Dead or Alive. Who would wow. be on Julian Mendoza's dream song scenario? Take as much time as you need. I appreciate that. For uh, We for might be an, here for an extra hour. Yeah, I that. know. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding.
1: For, <laughs> for an artist like me, this is so hard because my influences come from all over the place. But maybe that'll help me create something interesting. I'm trying, going to try to hone it in to be some, somewhat cohesive. But... Um, Alive or dead is the first question. Oh, yeah. Like, like, okay. Yeah, any artist that's ever
0: ever. ever created anything ever. Give me Beethoven and Playboy Cardi. That's all I need. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, Uh, Give that to Johan Lennox. He'd probably do something. Yeah, Johan would do that. Shout (laughs) out Johan. You know, anything's
1: possible. But um, let's see. Um, Producers. Um, That's going to be the hardest one to start with. But I'm going to go with. While I do think like Kanye may be the greatest producer of all time, like my style isn't really sample based, so I might have to forego that. Um, I'm gonna go with. Um, let's go with Jay Dilla. Ooh. Um, okay. Let's go with Jay Dilla for the structure of a hip hop song. Okay. And now I want somebody to, to compliment Jay Dilla, um, who's very from that give me give me quincy
0: jones we just had both of those previously. i think chase picked jay dilla and then derek tyler just picked quincy jones mm-hmm. so that's interesting but they I, but separated they didn't, yeah, they didn't both pick them so. i was flopping between like, like that
1: jay dilla and um like nuja bass like i want somebody Ooh. who's like very well within Nujibase. my hip-hop cool. vibe yeah um but i'll go i'll go jay dilla quincy jones i i'm gonna go i'm gonna walk off this podcast and be like should have said this person, <laughs> but they're they're legends, so I can't be you know too frustrated. No, um, no. three featured artists. Um, give me SmiNo, ooh, one hundred percent SmiNo, number one favorite rapper, hip hop artist in the world. I love SmiNo. Um, He's potentially alive or dead. Number one. Um, give me.
0: I'll take Michael Jackson. Okay. I'll take Michael Jackson. Okay. I think him and Smino could do something interesting. Their cadence
1: is kind of fit. Yeah. You know, and yours. Smino can do anything. Yeah. That's that's why he's like he's a perfect he'll he'll be the Draymond Green of this song. I love like it. Like First can, time I saw him, he had a live band. Yes. Yeah, at Paradise, did. yeah. At Paradise Rock Club. Yeah, yeah It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I was at that show. Yeah. It was yeah. You were? Yeah. With Earth With, King? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really? Hoopty tour? Hoopty tour? Yeah. yeah. I was there. You were there? Yeah. I was holding them back from the the security guys. You what? remember the fight? Yeah. I literally had my I hand didn't... on his chest. Oh, right?
0: I didn't know you then. That's just so <laughs> It's weird that we were in the same <laughs> I space. I know a couple
1: people who were at that show that I ended up meeting way later. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, was there. Incredible. Yeah. It was okay. A, yeah, that's a story for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. Last, last artist. So we got Smiño. We got Michael Jackson. Um give me I want like a multi instrumentalist for this. Okay. Um who also does vocals. Man, I might just have to go with like my current people. Give me No, I can't do that. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I love this shit. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to switch it up on you. Um give me Esperanza Spalding. Okay. Esperanza Spalding from Jazz. Really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go with some strings, and she
0: has one of the most beautiful voice voices okay. I've ever
1: heard. I feel like she and Smino could do something
0: crazy. That would be wild. All right. You heard it here. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. I got so excited to hit the microphone. You heard it here first. Julian Mendoza featuring Smino, Michael Jackson, Esperanza Spaulding, produced by Jay Dilla and Quincy Jones. I think it would be a smash hit. I think they could figure it out. I think we'd figure it out. It'd be (laughs) great. Julian, man, thank you so much.
1: Thank you as well. Such an awesome
0: episode. Uh, Last thing to do would be to look in that camera and plug away, let the people know where they can find you, what you got going on, whatever it is. Go ahead. Man, as if
1: this hasn't been enough. Um, (laughs) But my name is Julian Mendoza from Gloucester, Massachusetts. Um, You can find me on all platforms as Julian Mendoza, my government name. Um, Beneath My Wings is out now. Uh, it's been out for a good amount of time. But also check out my my featured work with, with some other artists because um, that's been some of the most fun that I've had doing music is stepping out of my comfort zone for those things. So um, you can't go wrong. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. And if you just coming on to us for the first time and you're a fan of Julian Mendoza you can find us at turntable teachers on Instagram, TikTok. Also hit up our website turntableteachers.com. You'll find a couple of blogs written by the both of us actually on there as well as merch and other episodes that you can t- uh, tune into. And of course, if you're an artist, podcaster, content creator of any kind, make sure you hit us up at Studios.org. Book your session today and take a look at all of the amazing services that we offer here. And once again, Julian, thank you so much for being here. A lovely episode, as always. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. I'm Mike. That's Julian Mendoza with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially dismissed.